Christ is the Lamb of God. Christ is the forgiveness. He is the priest. He is the King. And He is forever our hope. Are you in? Well, it's great to be here with you. It's great to be celebrating with you. And man, we come to celebrate Jesus Christ. Be careful. Church can get to be about celebrating so many other things. It is always to be about celebrating Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said... Amen, man. May we make much of him. May we make much of him as we enter and we start learning all that we need to know of him in that week. May we make much of him as we go out. May he be greater in our lives than any other distraction or interest. May God get all the glory, right? That's what we're here for. So it's great to be joining with you in person. Great to have you joining us online, man. May we are here to celebrate Christ. So we're in a series called Greater, Jesus, My Sacrifice. We're walking through Hebrews chapter 7. 8, 9, and 10. And in fact, we're at the end of chapter 9 now, and he's kind of doing just sort of getting his arms around summarizing the last four or five weeks. And so as we dive in, we've talked about always wanting to have a trailer here to make sure we understand a little bit of what's going on for the day. It's mostly just a look back, which is good. It means no new information. So just a little bit of a reminder, right? So here we go. Here's your trailer just to make sure we know and understand a little bit as we head into today. Remember the Old Testament. The Old Testament comes as a statement of a way of interacting with God, but it was actually a shadow pointing forward. The Old Testament or the Old Covenant or the Old Will, whichever way you want to use that word, right? That's what we learned last week, covenant and will and testament, all kind of the same word. That old structure was really God just saying, hang on, I'm going to do something stunning. And it was all pointing forward to Jesus Christ. Everything is about Jesus. Everybody just say, it's all about Jesus. And that's the point. And so there's the old stuff in the old covenant. Well, those things were but shadows. They were just copies. They were lookalikes pointing forward to make sure that we grasped there is something massive coming from our king. And it was Jesus Christ himself. And so as the light of God pours onto Christ and him being shown in huge glory in this world, the shadow was cast back into the Old Testament. And those were those pieces that we're seeing. Things like sacrifice of lambs and doves and goats. Priests that would represent and come once per year on behalf of the sins of the nation and come before God. And that was once per year. That was all copy. Jesus Christ is the reality. He is the Lamb of God. He is our sacrifice and our hope, and we have life because of him. His blood alone covers sin. There is no forgiveness of sin except for Jesus' blood shed for us. And all of God's people said, all those lambs and goats' blood that was shed in the Old Testament was really a moment where they were saying, God, I'm trusting you. And God said, I see that in what you're doing. I set that sin aside for now. It was covered with the blood of Jesus Christ alone. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And that's what we're talking about as we dive into today. So we're looking at Jesus Christ, the answer. And we see all these copies, but shadows pointing forward. Christ is our hope. So as we grasp that and we dive forward, let's jump in today now to Hebrews chapter 9, starting in verse 23. Hebrews 9, starting in verse 23, and as we get going, point number one, it says, come to Jesus and believe in him as the ultimate sacrifice, perfect 
in every way. Come to Jesus and believe in him as the ultimate sacrifice, perfect in every way. Starts out here in verse 23. Thus, it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifice than these. Let's just hold right there. He says, thus, like he's looking backward into the prior verses, the ones we've gone over the last few weeks, the statement of the tabernacle, all this Old Testament truth, the statement of these copies, these shadows that are pointing forward to Jesus Christ. He's looking at the fact that there's forgiveness of sin when there's shedding of blood and that Jesus is that blood that we have hope in. And because of all of that, because of the Old Testament shadows pointing forward, and because of Christ alone being the answer, thus, he then jumps forward and says, it was necessary. In other words, there's no other way. Everybody just say, no other way. Right? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. There's no other way than through Jesus. It was necessary. He says, for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, the, the copies of the heavenly things, this is Old Testament stuff, they needed to be covered with these physical rituals. They were something just pointing forward like shadows. The copies had their own coverage. The Old Testament had its own physical stuff, but that was just pointing forward. And uh, he says right after it, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifice than these. The heavenly things themselves with better sacrifice. In other words, of Jesus Christ himself. The Old Testament, well, that had lambs and goats and doves blood. That was animals blood. But with Jesus Christ, New Testament, New Covenant, it is the blood of God Almighty. It is Jesus Christ and his perfection, him for me, a better sacrifice. And that is actually purifying, not just some physical element here on the earth, not just some tabernacle or tent, but the very heavenly things that God the Father has established. In fact, we learned in weeks past that Jesus ended up, after his death, he rose again from the dead. Jesus is alive, and all of God's people said, and then 40 days after that, as he taught and trained there a little bit, he ended up at the end of the 40 days ascending into the heavens, whereas high priest, he entered into the presence of God the Father for you and for me. If you've trusted in Christ, entered into the presence of the Father with his blood as the sacrifice available, he becoming our high priest, stepped in once for all. And that sacrifice giving us hope in Jesus Christ. It actually, those things are the things that purify and make available for us an eternity with the Father. The heavenly things purified by a sacrifice in Jesus Christ. May God get all the glory. And um, he says here, for Christ has entered not into the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things. He's like, please get this. Jesus is a high priest. He didn't enter into that physical tabernacle, that Old Testament statement. It isn't some piece of handiwork that Moses or some other guy made. Jesus entered into the very throne room of the king of the universe. He entered into the presence of God the Father in heaven. He is the high priest who took it before the Father. The sacrifice of his blood for you and for me and he didn't enter the holy place made with hands, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. 
Like he entered in once for all. Everybody say once for all. He did. He entered in once for all. And we're going to see that come up again in the passage. But he brings this sacrifice once for all. The Old Testament, the priests came in once per year because they were broken down human beings with their own sin. And because the animal's blood wasn't actually bringing any healing or forgiveness, it was just setting up a time in the future where Christ's blood could cover it. And so there was this Old Testament once per year, but under Jesus once for all. But after he came before God the Father with this gift, with this sacrifice, with this offering of himself, at that point, he stays in the presence of the Father. And we've talked about the role of Jesus Christ in our lives today. It's present. It's active today. He says that he is actually there presently on our behalf in the presence of God. Well, what is he doing? He's defending our name. As advocate, when Satan attacks and accuses, he defends out, that one is a child of God. This one is mine forever. Back off. Jesus Christ for you, defending your name, hearing of your need and seeing of your need, being right here in it with you and ushering that in to the presence of the Father at the altar of incense of prayer. Him before the Father on behalf of you and me. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, huge privilege that we have through Jesus Christ. Man, it is massively important that we understand that we have this privilege because of him and all that he's done. And we say it this way around here. It's not easy, but it's as simple as A, B, C, right? Salvation. What does it take to be saved? It's not easy, but it's as simple as A, B, C. A, I need to admit Admit that I am a sinner. Admit that I am broken down. Admit that according to Romans 3.23, like all of us come up short. All of us compared against the glory of God. The comparison is not against the person next to you, right? The comparison is against the glory of God and all of us come up short. All of us. How many of us? Right, and so the first step, admit all of us in need. And then B, believe. Believe that Jesus is risen from the dead. Please hear me on that. Not believe that Jesus died. Yes, that, but so much more. And that he is risen from the dead. There is power in his name. There is life in the name of Jesus. Believe. Believe that Jesus is risen. Do you believe that Jesus is risen from the dead? Do you believe that there's power in his name? Like for real, right now, just right where you're at. Do you believe that? And then Romans 10, 9 says, and one more thing, and confess him as Lord. That's C. Confess him as your Lord. He's in charge of you. God, you are awesome. You are glorious. You have died for me. You have risen again. You are offering life eternal to me. You are awesome. You're in charge. You know, Scripture says that the devils believe The demons understand that Jesus is God Almighty, and the demons understand that Jesus died on the cross. The demons understand that he rose again from the dead. They just won't make him their Lord. That's where things are at. The difference, do you know that? And he is your Lord. That's saved. It's not enough to have A and B. We must also have C, confess him as Lord. That's saved. It's not easy, but it's as simple as A, B, C. Handing your life to your king, right? 
You know, this past week had a sweet opportunity. Um, got an email from somebody who had been in our services over the last handful of weeks and was here on Sunday and just um, said, hey, I would love to be able to sit down and talk for a little bit. I just have some questions. I'm not quite sure really where I'm at with some things. And uh, so we ended up meeting on Tuesday afternoon and uh, later afternoon and sat down and talked together and uh, just had a sweet conversation there with him. And as we chatted, he had some great questions. I mean, some deep questions, some really good questions to ask. And, you know, like, how do I know I can trust God's word? Or here was a great one. I have a lot of people in my life who have thoughts about how things should go. Who's right? How do I know? How can I tell the difference? And so we stopped and we just slowed down and began to answer the questions from the bottom up. Like, first of all, what does it say about God's word? You know, and just walking through 2 Timothy 3, super clear that all scripture, how many scriptures? All scripture is God-breathed, that all scripture is profitable for doctrine and reproof and correction and instruction in righteousness. All of this, God's word. And 1 Peter chapter 1 says how he did it. He didn't just say, hey, why don't you try to write something good and handed it over to some guys and let them go do it says that the Holy Spirit carried these men along, didn't dictate, he worked with them in their experiences, but carried them along, allowing them to be able to grasp and understand God's point and share that out with their personality and experience, but absolutely accurate, 100% trustworthy. And so we see God's word as trustworthy. So then we just moved into, so then what does God's word say? And we talked a little bit about what it is to have the ABCs, to admit and believe and confess, to hand over our lives to him saying, you're in charge and may you take over. Man, it was just a sweet moment as we were talking. And he was getting very real about what God means to him and where he's stuck on some things. And as we talked it through, he said, yeah, I think I get it. I think I understand that it's just time to trust what this says. And I said, look, here's the deal, man. We have a chance to be able to put a stake in the ground. And if you want to make today the day, then let's do it. And, and if not, that's okay. We can still talk. But what do you think? And he leaned back for a moment in the couch. And then he said, no, I think today is the day. Like, let's do it right now. And so we took a moment right then and there to be able to walk through just a basic prayer. Just, Lord, I admit that I'm a sinner. Lord, I believe that you are risen from the dead and God, you're in charge. Take over. You're in charge. And man, he walked through that prayer just kind of praying that out loud and in that moment kind of committed his life to Christ. And as he sat back, I said, look, there's a lot of journey now to come as you get to go through the celebration and the living of this. And we talk through what it is to just start into maybe the gospel of John and just a little bit at a time, half chapter or chapter, whatever you want to do, just learning about the greatness of God saying, you are awesome. Man, that's what it is to believe in your God. And as he walked out, just kind of flying high, I texted him at the end of the week and said, hey, would you be okay if I shared this story? He's like, yeah, I would love that. Man, please hear me on this. Have you trusted Christ as your savior, do you admit and believe and confess him as your Lord? Or are you toying around? Are you playing a game, trying to get along on the edge and going after whatever feels good in the moment? Man, it is time to set it aside and make Christ 
your king? Do you believe? I just want to say right here and right now, now is the time. Put the stake in the ground to admit that Jesus Christ is your savior and needing him is the answer. And so you admit you're a sinner. You believe that he is risen and you confess him as Lord. Here's what I just want to do. I'm just going to take a moment here. It's too easy to keep listening. And so I just want to stop for a moment and give you a chance right where you are, if that's what it is for you to be able to do that. It's not going to be a long moment, but just a little bit of a moment where you could even say, Lord, right here and right now, I'm putting a stake in the ground. So let's just all bow our heads and close our eyes. And man, if you're in this moment right now where you're like, I'm ready, it's time. I want to put a stake in the ground with Christ. I, I, I know I need to take that next step. I've been admitting and believing, but I'm not confessing him as Lord. It's time. Man, just right where you are, maybe saying some words to your God quietly where you're at, something like this. You can just repeat after me, Lord Jesus. I admit. I admit that I am a sinner. I admit I need you. And I believe I believe that you are risen from the dead. And now, Lord, I confess you as my Lord. You're in charge. I know that's the difference, Lord. And so now you're in charge of my life. Just handing it to your king. Lord God, I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And if you trusted Christ today, I would love to be able to talk to you afterwards. Just come on down and let me know or send a text this week or an email. That'd be great. I'd love to talk to you a little bit more. But I'm telling you, getting life right with Christ is essential. May we believe. And all of God's people said, amen. Love you guys. Super important. We walk through what salvation is and we get real on it, right? Point number two, and declare your hope in Jesus Christ, our perfect lamb who is coming again. Declare your hope in Jesus Christ, our perfect lamb who is coming again. He says, nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood uh, not his own. Like when we're talking about Jesus Christ, he entered in once for all, not repeatedly. Every year the priests had to enter into the tabernacle over and over again, year after year after year to cover the sins of the people, to cover their own sins, the animal blood being used. That was just a copy. Everybody say it's a copy. But Christ has the answer. Once for all, he entered. And it says he didn't enter in repeatedly like the other high priests. He says right after it, for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. If the sacrifice is his blood and his body, and he had to take a new sacrifice every single time he entered every year, then repeatedly Christ would have had to be sacrificed over and over 
The goal is not for it to be matching 100% the Old Testament with the repeat part. That was showing the weakness of human frailty and of physical. But Jesus Christ is once for all. It isn't his sacrifice over and over and over that he has to keep taking in and offering again. He offered it once as high priest and it's done. That's why scripture says, and he sat down next to the father. The work being done, Jesus Christ, our King. It says, but as it is, like instead of that, instead of him going in over and over and over again, instead of him sacrificing himself over and over, it says he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Once for all. Everybody say once for all. Have you noticed how often the author of Hebrews hammered once for all? Like over and over again, he hammers once. Why did he do that? Because if you start to look back as a Jewish person to the Old Testament, the one thing you see is the over and over and over again, nonstop. And he's like, it's done. That was all a copy pointing forward. It is Jesus Christ alone once for all. The end. And Jesus offered his blood. And as the blood poured off of his arms and as his body was torn, as he went to the cross for you and for me, it was a once for all. That is why at the end, as Jesus Christ was giving his last breath, he said, it is finished. And all of God's people said, Jesus Christ, him for me once for all. It says he has appeared once for all at the end of the age to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. My purifying, my inheritance, my hope forever in Jesus Christ. It says, and just as it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes the judgment, so Christ having been offered once to bear the sins of many will appear a second time. He says, and just as it is appointed to man to die once, and after that comes the judgment. For those who maybe have heard this said, that there is a chance to relive life. If you die, maybe you'll be reincarnated, you'll come back, you'll try it again. When you finally get it right, then da, 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 da. No, that is not what scripture says. Scripture's super clear. It is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. As we walk in this world, our job is to get real with our God and hear from him and let him be in charge. This world, one life, and as we pass away, it says, and then the judgment. There is a holding us accountable before the king of the universe that comes. We live this life and then we stand before him. Here's the beauty. And God says, there is hope. Because if you trust in Jesus Christ, man, as we come before a judgment seat, he calls us out of that line. If you have believed in him, called out of that line, your name's written in the Lamb's book of life. Christ calls you over to him. You are his family, child of God, forever saved. That's our hope. Our judgment was put on Christ all the way back at the cross, price paid. And so we do not have to worry of that judgment. That's what saved is. It's having that judgment covered. 
Jesus Christ, he will be holding each and every one of us accountable for our life and our living. He will be holding us accountable for whether we have followed him and trusted him. He is God of the universe and there is no one greater. And we do need to respond to him. And man, please hear me. The only way we get to stand before him on our own is that we were 100% perfect. No sin anywhere. Uh, that's a bad plan to trust in that plan, right? And, and let's not go that route. Man, scripture's super clear that God says, but I will bring forgiveness and mercy. And man, if you're living a life that goes down this path, well, you know what? I appreciate that Jesus wanted to die for me. I'm gonna do whatever I want. And in the end, he can forgive me. And be careful, you're toying around with something dangerous. Is that really making Christ your Lord? You're in charge. You died for me. So Lord, you get my all. May Jesus Christ get all the glory. He says that it is appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. This is a very real and very sobering truth. May we grasp it and understand it. And therefore, we long for the hope in Jesus Christ. It says, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, Jesus Christ bringing our forgiveness through his death on the cross and then walking that in before the Father, that's my hope. My hope is not in my being a really good guy. My hope is in Jesus Christ before the Father with his sacrifice alone. Praise be to God. It says he will appear a second time, but not to deal with sin. He doesn't need to come back to go to the cross. He came first as lamb, sacrificing on the cross. He will come again as lion. He will come again to put it all to rest. He will come again to put a crown on his head and rule forever. Jesus Christ is king. He will rule for all eternity. We have hope in him. Man, I'm telling you, our sin gets to be put down and forever we get to be with the king of the universe. Don't miss the privilege. May we run to him. May we celebrate him. May we thank him for all that he's got. And as he is coming again, he will come with power. He will come with authority and he will come to put all things right. And all of God's people said, Amen, man, this is our Jesus Christ. And that's who we're waiting upon. The one who covered our sin. And now is welcoming us into home with judgment paid for. And is coming roaring in to set all things right. He says, he will appear a second time not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him to save those who are eagerly waiting. What does it look like for me to make Jesus Christ my Lord? I am eagerly waiting for him. I am fired up that he is coming again, that life is gonna be fixed, that this broken world is going to be done and God is going to usher in perfection. Cannot wait. Jesus Christ. It says that we could wait eagerly for this salvation, right? Just so you know, the word saved is used three different ways in scripture. And it really has to do with the time frames. Like it's our past sins, saved from that. Being able to be forgiven of past sin. 
It's saved in our present as he begins to change our lives, healing us, changing our souls one degree at a time, shaping and changing my life, and then ultimately saving me in the future as I would have to come into glory. It is appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment, the moment where he says, your name is in the Lamb's book of life. You are here with me. This judgment is not for you. Saved. Saved in the future from that eternal judgment. Man, just so you know, that's what saved is. God in your life, both past, present, and future. He loves you with all he's got. And he's poured it on. Jesus is our hope. And are you waiting eagerly? Are you longing for Jesus Christ? I'll just tell you, waiting eagerly gets easier the more broken the world gets, doesn't it? Like, this is getting crazy. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Like, I'm just telling you, Jesus Christ, he has it in hand and he will bring in perfection. Are you ready to wait eagerly for him? Are you willing to take a stand for your king in this world? Are you willing to live your life that says, I believe in Jesus and nobody's moving me off of that. I am in and this is my God. Do you trust in Jesus Christ? And that is our hope. And that is our call, and that is our privilege. 